Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. We have a whole lot to unpack on this episode, breaking down the NFL weekend, final weekend of the regular season, as well as the NFL playoff picture. We'll also get into what is going on with the head coaching carousel around the NFL Who are the biggest winners and losers of the weekend and disappointments? All that and some other things we'll probably add into the show as we move along because we have so much to talk about here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. What I need you to do for me is follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you subscribe to me at youtube.com slash TV. That's youtube.com slash TV. All right, so the NFL playoffs are finally set for once. We finally have an opportunity to know who's going to be playing where, who's going to play whom, and who's going to be getting the first-round buys. Now, we know the Green Bay Packers and the NFC have taken care of their business and handled everything they needed to handle in order for them to have a first-round buy and a playoff advantage all the way into the Super Bowl. For the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, who were to me the one of the most surprising teams in the NFL, despite losing Derrick Henry, one of their most powerful backs in the game, have been able to secure the number one spot in the AFC, and they will have home field advantage throughout the playoffs and have a first round bye. The most interesting game, and to me, one of the most exciting and electric games that we've witnessed this season, just happens to be this the week 18 in the 17th game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Two AFC West juggernauts, two rivals, two teams that are looking to make the playoffs. Win and you're in. Very simple. The Las Vegas Raiders are a team that went through a lot this year. John Madden, excuse me, John Madden's passing, I should say, which was devastating throughout the entire NFL community, not just with the Raiders, even though he had been coach of the Raiders, and that's pretty much where he got his start in his notoriety back in the 70s, but just throughout the entire culture of the NFL. And then you had John Gruden's emails, and that caused a, a firestorm. Henry Ruggs III with his DUI, his irresponsible DUI that cost a young lady her life. Um, They lost another wide receiver due to a DUI. Um, Coaching, you know, obviously the coaching changes that happened with John Gruden's departure. There was a lot going on. Derek Carr, was he the quarterback to lead that team to the playoffs? Something we hadn't seen since he unfortunately broke his, his leg. Uh, a few years back and never got the opportunity to return 
or even have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. The Los Angeles Chargers, this was going to be a legacy game for Justin Herbert in his second year. The Los Angeles Chargers, who also were 9-7, previously beat the Raiders at SoFi on a Monday night uh, earlier in the season. So this was do or die for the Chargers. This was Brandon Staley's first year. Would he be able to get the Chargers into the playoffs? And there were a couple of boneheaded plays that I felt Brandon Staley, who smelled the stench of a rookie head coach, definitely pulled off. When they were midway in the third quarter, on fourth and two, when you were deep, and when you were deep in your own territory, on your 18-yard line, you were trailing by three. You decided to go for it on fourth and two. Now, the venue was already loud. The crowd was already hyped. It was very hard for Justin Herbert to hear for the majority of the game. And you elected to go for it on fourth and two and came up short. Bad call. When you are a head coach in this league and having a such a dynamic quarterback as Justin Herbert, you have got to make better play calls, especially on defense. You took away the fact that you limited the aerial assault from the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Which is understandable. That's what you're supposed to do. All right. But Hunter Winfro was nothing short of spectacular in my estimation. You took away Darren Waller because Darren Waller was not spectacular. Somebody who's normally comes through in the clutch for the Raiders this season and done it time and time again in games didn't really show up. You neutralized it. But when you're a defensive-minded coach and you call a timeout in overtime and you say to put your best run defense on the field and you still cannot stop the run because Josh Jacobs was tearing your behind up all night long, how much sense did that timeout really make? And yes, you want to defend it to the death because your ego and your, and your character is on the line at the moment. I get that. But I wondered on Monday, the day after, hindsight being 2020, would you have still made that same call? And if you still defended to the death like you did post game, I'm questioning your judgment, sir. Now, granted, I'm not saying you don't know football. I'm not saying that that Brandon Staley is absolutely has a low football IQ. I would never say that. I think he's what he's done. He's created a culture within that locker room. I think he started something as far as building a foundation and, and, and to be able to cultivate those relationships with those, those players in that locker room. But you are a defensive minded coach, sir. And your defense is 29th in the league, 29th in the league. And you couldn't stop the run. You couldn't stop one man who'd been tearing your behind up all night in Josh Jacobs. And what did the Raiders do? The moment they came out of that timeout, they let Josh Jacobs run, and he ran a buck and got them within field goal range and ended up kicking the field goal and sending your behind home. Now, whether the Raiders said they were going to take a knee before the timeout or not, that is of no consequence. You are a defensive-minded coach. You cannot totally rely or mostly rely on analytics to get you through a lot of the situations. Yes, granted, you were, I believe, six for seven on fourth downs. Most of those fourth downs you had to make, they weren't crucial fourth downs. 
I think you had maybe one or two crucial fourth downs. But not to punt on fourth and two when you're midway in the third quarter, you're only trailing by three. There's a lot of game left. Just punt the ball. You don't need to go for it on fourth and two. There's no reason for that. That was the boneheaded call. Another boneheaded call, like I mentioned earlier, calling timeout in overtime. And you still couldn't stop the run. So, again, I'm not saying that Brandon Staley's a bad coach. This is his first year. He's made quite a few mistakes that have been very head-scratching throughout the course of the season. This wasn't the first time. This is probably the first time people could watch nationally because it's a nationally televised game. But those of us that have been covering, like myself, for the entire season, we've had some head-scratching calls and, and, and wondering what the hell was Brandon Staley thinking on certain calls throughout the season in various games. And again, it's going to take time. But this is the third year that the Chargers have missed the playoffs with two different head coaches. They've had Anthony Lynn and now Brandon Saley, which raises the question, is it really the coach or is it the general manager known as Tom Telesco? Oh, Tommy T. And will his key card work after this season? Because if you ask me, I think it's time for a change. I think it's time for Tom Telesco to go. I think Tom Telesco has, has had his time. He's made some, some significant picks. Obviously, the best pick he's made was Justin Herbert. Um, but there's been some questionable picks. And I know every general manager makes questionable picks. I get that. If you're able to have at least a 60 to 70% ratio as far as having you know, good picks, you're pretty much considered a, a, a good or a very smart general manager, right? But to me, Tom Telesco doesn't go for the gusto. To me, Tom Telesco doesn't make the gutsy calls. He plays it safe for whatever reason. And in the NFL, I don't think you need a general manager that always plays it safe. You need a general manager that plays it smart, but is willing to take risk. When I go across the field on the other side of the field, when I'm talking about so far, I look at that other team that wears royal blue and gold. That's a general manager that's willing to take risk. They're willing to, to gamble it, to do what it takes to at least put their team in a better position than not. And I'm talking about Les Snead. Now, I'm not saying Les Snead is perfect because I've had some questionable picks that he's made, especially in the last draft with Tutu Atwell because I thought that was a waste of a pick. I thought you could have drafted somebody much better, so somebody that would have been keen on your offensive line or in the defensive interior, especially at middle linebacker. But when you look at Tom Telesco, I think it's time to get somebody in there that, that can have a little bit more foresight and understand what Brandon Staley's vision really is. And somebody with some intelligence, somebody with some football connections, is somebody who can actually get the job done. Because you can't go on a fourth year with a quality quarterback like Justin Herbert who continues to emerge and continues to defy the odds when it comes to a, a, a quarterback of his stature and continue to play him short. How long do you think you're going to have Justin Herbert there if he continues to miss the playoffs or if he finally makes the playoffs and loses in the first round? How, many time, how long do you think you're going to have Justin Herbert at, at your disposal? before he decides to start looking elsewhere. How long do you think that's going to take, folks? 
Because a guy like Justin Herbert won't take him long to find a team. There'll be teams knocking at his door. There'll be teams sniffing around his property even before it's time just to get an opportunity so when it is time, they can have the first dibs at trying to convince Justin Herbert to go with their franchise because here's what their franchise will offer versus the current franchise where he is. And yes, money has a lot to do with it. The ownership has something to do with that as well. But I'm also willing to bet if you don't put a quality team around Justin Herbert and get the personnel that is needed and that Brandon Staley needs to be able to execute what the plays and the vision that he wants to, to, to display and come to fruition with this team, it's not going to last long. And I'm saying that for Justin Herbert, as far as being with this organization known as the Los Angeles Chargers and Brandon Staley. Because eventually you make, you make, you make calls like Brandon Staley has made on Sunday night, as well as a, a few other calls throughout the season, you're going to end up losing that locker room. And once a coach loses the locker room, that's pretty much a gateway to the unemployment line. And if we look around right now at the coaching carousel, what is the number one thing that, that, that a lot of these coaches that have been fired don't have? A franchise quarterback that can win. And personnel that can surround that franchise quarterback. A lot of the guys that got fired don't have quarterbacks. Or the personnel that takes to, to, to aid that quarterback to get them to win. That's the problem. So the Los Angeles Chargers have a lot of soul searching and a lot of work to do in the offseason. Not just the players. Not just the coaching staff. But upper management. Because if you bring Tom Telesco back another year, that tells a lot of people, including myself, that you're settling for mediocrity. That everything you just saw the last three years is just fine. You're trending in the right direction. So you finish at nine and eight this season, and you feel like you're trending in the right direction. You it came down to a field goal from you extending your season into the postseason. And you couldn't get that job done. And you think you're trending in the right direction. Justin Herbert is solo as a quarterback. Sky's the limit for Justin Herbert. Tom Telesco needs to thank God and the football guys above every day that Justin Herbert is not only healthy, but he fell at five, or excuse me, at six uh, in the draft, the year they drafted Justin Herbert. He needs to thank his lucky stars. He needs to thank his lucky stars because without that, the Chargers wouldn't even be on the map right now. Justin Herbert is the reason why the Chargers are even could even being talked about and being put on the map. Outside of Derwin James, who was an absolute stud on defense. But Justin Herbert is the one that makes the needle move for the Chargers. And if you don't get that boy some help, you might find yourself by yourself. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into more of the NFL playoff picture. We'll get into the weekend of the NFL, as well as the head coaching carousel. And why is the NFL continue to talk about equality when they show inequality at opportunities for head coaches, primarily black coordinators and head coaches 
to get opportunities in this league. We'll talk about that on the other side. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to 
when it does happen, you go, wow, con terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213, as well as on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, I was at SoFi Stadium on Sunday to witness what we thought would probably be the coming out, the emergence of the Los Angeles Rams finally ending the five-game losing streak they had against the San Francisco 49ers dating back to the 2018 season. Unfortunately, we were all wrong. Because the Rams thought they had mind control over Debo. But then when Debo go to the sidelines, they'd be tackling again. That's pretty much what happened. The Rams looked absolutely phenomenal in the first half. They looked like the team we were expecting them to come out and beat. They looked like they knew the assignment and they answered the bell. They hadn't looked that well, I would say, since the Tampa Bay game when they played all four quarters immaculately on special teams, offense, and defense. And in the first half, they looked to be on that trajectory as far as playing that way. They led 17-3 to at halftime. They were on fire. They threw. They found ways to score. Matthew Stafford looked like Matthew Stafford we had hoped he would be and not the turnover machine. Second half was a whole different ball game. Kyle Shanahan made some significant adjustments. He exploited the mismatches. He definitely went with the run. The run defense for the Rams went to sleep. I don't know if they had too much food at halftime or what the hell was going on. They made sure they, they spread the offense. They had no answer for Debo Samuel. And Jimmy G with a busted thumb was able to, for at least a quarter and a quarter, at least for one and three quarters, keep the San Francisco 49ers in the ball game. Now, later, the latter part of the fourth quarter, the Rams came out, came back, found Cooper Cup deep in the back of the end zone, gave them the lead. The Rams defense stepped up big time, forced a, a three and out for the 49ers that gave the Rams a minute 57. Now, mind you, I'm going, I'm at the press box. I have to go downstairs to get down to the field to get down to the press area so I can get ready for the post-game press conference because I'm expecting, hey, all you got to do, get to a first down marker, let the play the clock out, get down, let the clock run out, take a couple knees, we're done. You finally snapped the streak. You got the number two seed home pretty much home field until the NFC championship, if you're able to make it that far. And you're, and you're pretty much done. You send the 49ers packing, your arch rivals, you send them home packing, see you next season. Nope. Nope. Your boy Matthew Stafford for that game was on, on his real, on his Booker T. Five-time sack champion. Yeah, he was sacked five times. The boy holds the ball way too long. Yes, the man holds the ball way too long and paid the price for it he was sacked he was intercepted and then while in overtime driving down the field trailing by three in overtime decided to throw it short 
to throw a deep ball short in OBJ's direction where it hung just enough where the 49er defender can catch it and end the game. Fortunately for the Rams, the Seahawks defeated the Cardinals in Arizona, which kept the Cardinals out of the playoffs, but also afforded the opportunity for the Rams to clinch the NFC West division, something they weren't celebrating. They they shouldn't celebrate. What the hell are you celebrating? You just lost an opportunity to be a number two seed and couldn't even beat the, 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 the team that scored 21 unanswered points in regulation. And Matthew Stafford looked terrible. Cooper Cup was absolutely phenomenal. Cooper Cup, you saw why Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. We've been watching this the whole season. But for those of you that just got a chance to kind of watch that game, now you see why Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. He was phenomenal. Sony Michelle, they couldn't get the run going at all. The run struggled. The San Francisco 49ers run defense stepped up big time. And the 49ers are in their head. They own the Rams. They absolutely own the Rams. But it wasn't as big of a choke artist job as it was for the Indianapolis Colts going down to a, 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 a terrible and horrific Jacksonville Jaguars team. Win and you're in. And the Colts figured out, you know what? We ain't trying to go to playoffs this year. Because Jacksonville came in there and said, oh, you don't want to go to playoffs? Cool. We'll keep you home with us. We'll play the Hateration, Holleration, or Linda Dancery. Because we're going to keep you home with us. And that's exactly what they did. Beat the brakes off of them. Jacksonville destroyed the Indianapolis Colts, who are a much better team. But if you watch that game, you wouldn't tell. Shout out to my man Darnell Smith from Fox for FS1. <laughs> That's my guy, but he's a huge Colts fan. And several weeks ago, he was talking about Colts to the Super Bowl. So you know I had to get on him. But that's my man. That's my guy. That's my good buddy, man. He's doing great things over there. But so many Colts fans, I had to reach out to and tell them what happened. What's going on with your team? There's no excuses. You had the Jacksonville Jaguars. You had a cakewalk to the playoffs. You had an absolute cakewalk. And this is what you do? 26 to 11? Okay. But the most fiery offense, besides the games, and we know pretty much, and I'll break down the playoff picture in just a moment, but the thing that fired me up the most about, not just about the games, the Rams game that I was at, or the Chargers game I had to witness, or the Colts, or even the Titans who kept it close against the Texans, and they still maintain the number one seed. It was the the head coaching carousel. There were six NFL coaches and counting that have been fired. And you could see, you know, Vic Fangio, you saw that coming, especially the way they lost. The one that, that really slapped me upside my head was Brian Flores. Because when you look at Brian Flores, who was one of the Bill Belichick disciples. And I might add one of the most successful Bill Belichick disciples that has been able to go on his own. The man was ice cube after he left in WA. Okay. All right. He was probably the most successful one and was on the verge of creating even more success. Had he got an opportunity to stay. The man won eight out of his last nine games. 
swept his mentor, Bill Belichick, twice. That means swept, okay? And after three seasons, you decide to part ways with Brian Flores. What the hell for? And see, this is the thing that pisses me off. And a lot of people I, I, I was listening and, and, and kind of listening on the radio and watching on social media, especially on Twitter. Black coaches always get the short end of the stick. They really do. Because how can you be a league that talks about equality? Talks about coming out with PSAs, talking about stomping out racism and bigotry. And yet you have teams that don't give the, the full advantages and opportunities to black coaches and coordinators to become head coaches. I'm not talking about dealing with teams that are cellar dwellers and expecting them to turn into a miracle. I mean, you expect a lot of these black coaches to take these cellar dwellers and to walk on water and crap ice cream. And it's supposed to be and it's supposed to be such an appealing uh, presence once it's, it's fully been delivered. No. Because you don't expect that of their white counterparts to do that. You give their white counterparts four, five, six, seven, eight years sometimes before you decide to fire them. But you don't give black coaches and black coordinators that same opportunity. So you can't tell me that the NFL truly cares about equality and about eradicating bigotry and racism when it continues to perpetuate throughout their entire entity known as the shield, known as their known as their sport. Because there's no reason in the world why Brian Flores should have been fired. Now, if Brian Flores wanted to resign, that's on him. I have no quarrels with that. But the fact that you fired this man on what grounds? And who you gonna? Who are you going to replace him with? There, I was I was told that there was some type of power struggle between Brian Flores and a general manager due to, to keeping Tua on board. Newsflash: You're not going to win much with Tua as your quarterback. It was a huge mistake to draft him in the first place. Tua is not that kid. I'm not here to be a hater. I'm here to be a realist. And here's some realism for your ass. He is not going to take you to the promised land or even sniff the draws of the promised land if you keep Tua Tagovailoa under center as your quarterback. It's not Brian Flores' fault that the team didn't trade for Deshaun Watson because of Deshaun Watson's legal issues and what the future ramifications that could provide later on that could potentially hurt a franchise or maybe not hurt a franchise, but you, it's in limbo. That's not Brian Flores' fault. Brian Flores work with, worked with the team that he had in front of him. And there's no excuse why Brian Flores' key card should not continue to work at the Miami Dolphins facility. Stephen Ross, you made the most boneheaded decision I've seen an owner make in a very long time. But not surprised. Because when you look around the league, how many black quarterbacks really are there, are there left? Two? One in Houston? And obviously... Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And you wonder why Pittsburgh is one of the most successful organizations in the sports world. Because they don't have a high turnover. When they hire a coach, they believe in that coach. And they give that coach every tool they can to ensure his success. Because guess what? His success is their success. The more wins, the more money you make. The more money you make, the more opportunities come. 
It's called marketing and branding, ladies and gentlemen. Something that a lot of owners have yet to figure out or appear they haven't figured out yet. And yet you get rid of Brian Flores. But yet you'll interview a black coordinator or a coach. But to me, interviews don't mean crap because a lot of times they'll skip that Rooney rule and they'll work their way around it and there's no repercussions around it. There's no punishment that gets certain teams are going around the Rooney rule. So what the hell good is the Rooney rule? If you're not going to enforce it as a league to say, no, this is mandated. You must interview not just one black coaching candidate or minority coaching candidate. You have to interview several coaching candidates that are available. And don't close your eyes talking about, I don't see anybody. So sorry, we couldn't interview anybody because I couldn't see him. Well, if you open your damn eyes, you'd be able to see quite a few that are qualified to be in that position. But guess what? They can't have experience if you don't give them the opportunity to get experience. And a lot of them have many years of experience. Some of them have been previous head coaches that may not have worked out the first time. You can't. And a lot of black coaches get that, that gray cloud or that black cloud held over them because they weren't successful their first time out. But yet yeah, you want to recycle all these old white head coaches like Bill O'Brien getting the opportunity to interview for the Jacksonville job. What the hell has Bill O'Brien shown you that's going to be any vastly different than what he's done at it with the Houston Texans and damn near destroyed that franchise? Why do you think Deshaun Watson was upset and disgruntled and doesn't want to be a part of that franchise? You don't think Bill O'Brien has a part to play in that? Because he gave away pretty much all his weapons, including DeAndre Hopkins, for a loaf of bread and a bag of Twinkies. And yet you want to recycle these old dudes that ain't done crap. But yet you want to hesitate on giving Raheem Morris an opportunity to be a head coach. Todd Bowles an opportunity. Byron Leftwich. And don't give them cellar dwellers. And you know what I mean by cellar dwellers, meaning that team is crap and going some, and going further, seeping deeper into crap as we speak. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. They got to crawl up to get light. That's how far they are. And this is, this is the part that's appalling. You don't give coordinators an opportunity. That's why I have such high respect for what Bruce Arians did. Bruce Arians has the most diverse staff in the entire NFL, one of them. Why? Because he understands, look, man, in order for guys to get opportunities, you've got to put them on board and put them in successful positions. Now, if they don't make it and they fail, that's on them. But at least you got to put them in the driver's seat and give them the keys and say, hey, if you wreck the car, it's on you. But you can't say, oh, I'm not giving them the keys because they might wreck the car. Well, guess what? They might not wreck the car. They might actually improve the car and come and bring it back better than it was before. But if you don't give them the keys and give them the opportunity, you'll never find out. You can't make constantly make excuses about, oh, we don't have enough. You do have enough. You just have to take it, take the, the time and do the due diligence it takes to find quality black and minority head coaches and coordinators. 
because it's been a rolling blackout for way too long in the NFL. And I enjoy covering the NFL. I enjoy covering the league. I enjoy watching the league like most of you listening each and every week. I miss it when the Super Bowl hits. You know football season is over and you start getting that itch like, damn, when is the next season going to start? How soon are we going before the NFL draft hits? I'm the same way. But I'm not going to be scared to speak about the truth and the things that need to happen that continue not to happen in the National Football League. It is absolutely atrocious, is absurd, and it needs to change immediately. And whether they have to put some type of serious committee in effect to ensure that the Rooney rule and, and, co- and ca- coordinators and coaches get fair and just opportunities to be in the National Football League to grace the sidelines, then so be it. But there's no longer an excuse you can give or provide to not allow more black head coaches in a league that is 70 plus percent black. There's no excuse for that. And the Miami Dolphins are just another team that continues to show you that they are a microcosm of the NFL mentality. And that has got to change, ladies and gentlemen. That has absolutely got to change. And the NFL should and can and, and does need to do better. And again, I love the NFL, but it needs to do better with black coaching. And it needs to do do better with access for black-owned media outlets and black-owned media in, in addition to that. And I wouldn't be using this platform responsibly if I didn't mention that. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get into the NFL playoff picture. And who will end up at SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56 on February 13th? We'll break all that down for you on the other side. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton. Here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Be sure to stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't. It won't. Impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. Take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. Back to the final segment of TMA with Nick Hamilton on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at NickHamilton213. All right, so before the break, we were talking about the coaching vacancies. And right now, it's approximately six, which can grow to eight by the time everything is said and done. We all know about Brian Flores, which I talked about in the last segment. Matt Nagy from the Chicago Bears. Mike Zimmer from the Vikings. And both the Bears and Vikings GMs were also kicked out on their keisters. Uh, Vic Fangio, we talked about earlier. Urban Meyer, we all know what that saga was like. And then John Gruden, obviously, he resigned under uh, racist and extreming circumstances. So, and yet Matt Nagy, excuse me, Matt Rule still has a job. Don't understand it. But, hey, it is what it is. So, you got six vacancies. The Dolphins are going to have to find themselves a quarterback, as I mentioned earlier. The Vikings are actually on a good path to actually getting better. You got Justin Jefferson. You have a great running back. You have some significant pieces on the defense. You just have to figure out to put it all together and continue to build towards that type of personnel that you want to have on the field to be able to win games. Um, Jaguars got a long snowball chance in hell to go. But I tell you, a good candidate for the Jacksonville Jaguars job, and his name isn't Bill O'Brien. I would go after Byron Leftwich. That's a guy I would seriously consider for the job. I doubt it happens, but if we're going to talk about logic for a second, ladies and gentlemen, 
Byron left, which would be the guy I would have and lock him up for five years and give him a whole five years to try to turn that program around and to be able to turn that team around enough to be able to make them look presentable on NFL fields across the country. Because Byron Leftwich is a smart, is a very smart guy. He has a high football IQ. And if he can, if Tom Brady loves him, you know there's something to it. Because Tom Brady is very hard on coordinators. So I'm looking at that. And then also let's talk about the NFL playoff picture. Because now that we know what the playoff picture is pretty much going to be, especially uh after Sunday's games. So if you look at the wild card now, the Raiders will go to the Bengals on Saturday at 1.30 on NBC. Cincinnati's a six-point favorite. You got the Patriots at the Bills Saturday at 5.15. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo right now, they're four-point favorites. On Sunday, there's three games. Eagles at Bucks, 10 a.m. Tampa Bay are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. 49ers at Cowboys. Ironically, this is the, the anniversary week of the catch, the White Clark catching the ball in the in 1982, but during the 81 NFC Championship at Candlestick Park. Ironically, these two teams are playing each other this week. Uh, and they're Dallas's three-point favorites uh, at home. And then you have the Sunday Night Affair, which the networks are loving this. And that's what they were hoping they were at least going to get. Steelers at Chiefs. Could this be the last hurrah for Big Ben before he rides off into the sunset? Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites at Arrowhead. And then the Monday night affair for the first time ever in the history of the playoffs. Got a Monday night affair, 515. Cardinals at Rams at SoFi. I will be out there rocking and rolling with the rest of the crowd. The Rams right now listed as four point favorites. The interesting part about all of this is that, okay, here, here are my predictions. I'll give you my predictions really quick. I take the Bengals over the Raiders. I think the Bengals are developing something special. Um, I like Derek Carr's grit. I can't take anything away from him. One thing I will say that I won't, I have not been able to say about Matthew Stafford is that he's not scared to throw the ball away. He doesn't hold on to the ball for a long period of time and try to force a play all the time. So I will give Derek Carr that. And he has a lot of, he's tough. He has a lot of grit, but I don't think that grit is going to be enough. I think the Bengals with Jamar Chase, who's who's an absolute stud, and I said this when he got drafted, Cincinnati is drafting in the right direction. I know it didn't look like that in the beginning, but look what he's accomplished now. The most yards as a rookie in Bengals history. And you have Joe Burrow. And they're building that team in the right direction. I like Cincinnati. I like what they're doing. Patriots and Bills. I'm going to have to go with the Bills on this one. I think Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback, but I think his time is not yet. Um, I think the Patriots' defense is decent, but you're playing at Buffalo. Buffalo can be a tough place. I like Josh Allen. I think they get it back. I get they, they did things back together, I should say. They find their groove, and I think they get the ball game. Eagles at Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks all day. Um, that's a no-brainer pretty much, uh, unless Tom Brady isn't playing in that game. I'm going with the Bucks. Um, it should be 10 and a half as far as I'm concerned, as far as the point spread. But anyway, 49ers and Cowboys, I think that's going to be tight. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys at home. I think Dak figures it out, get rallies his troops, and they will be punking Debo 
uh, and sending Debo on his way. And the 49ers back home to San Francisco. Steelers at Chiefs. Too many Chiefs, not enough Steelers. I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Monday night, the Rams are at home. I'm going to ride with the Rams. I don't trust the Cardinals in the playoffs. I think they're the Utah Jazz of, of football. They look good in the regular season. They start to tumble towards the end of the regular season. And in the playoffs, they just completely crap the bed. So I'm going to go with the Rams uh, over the Cardinals on Monday night. I think they're going to beat the they beat the Cardinals by six. So basically a touchdown. That's what I have. So good luck. Enjoy the games. I think it's going to be a good a good showing. And also, by the way, Kevin O'Connell was also reached out to along with Raheem Morris, who are the offensive defensive coordinators of the Rams, reached out to by the Denver Broncos to try to fill their head coaching vacancy. So that should be interesting to see what happens. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of coordinators and a lot of opportunities for some guys to get some really decent teams. Um, Denver is suspect because I like Drew Locke. I think he's young. But what else do they have? I don't trust Melvin Gordon. I like what they're the pieces that they're putting together on defense, but I think you need a quarterback. And unless Aaron Rodgers decides to leave Green Bay and come to Denver, I think you have to, as a head coach, you got to be ready for that if he decides to do that or if he decides to hang it up. But the key is going to be what happens in Denver. Who's going to be their quarterback? I'm interested also to see what happens in Seattle. Does Pete Carroll walk away at 70 years old? Does Did we see Dangerous Wilson for the last time in the Seattle Seahawks uniform? Now, earlier in the week, he said, no, I'm committed to Seattle. He's done a lot of great things in Seattle. He's invested in the city, much like I've seen Pat Mahomes invest around Kansas City. We've seen... You know, Russell Wilson and his wife, Sierra, invested in a lot of different sports franchises and in businesses around the Seattle area. And so I think they are committed to the city. Doesn't necessarily mean they're committed to the team. I think Russell Wilson has about maybe one to two years left in him. Why not go to some place where he can he can pretty much thrive a little better? There's not a lot of choices out there. But I think Seattle pretty much has had their time. And it would be nice to see him in maybe a New Orleans Saints uniform. Maybe Chicago. I know a lot of people are pointing towards the New York Giants, but that's like going from sugar to you know what. So I wouldn't take that risk, even though it is the number one market. I know for his wife, Sierra, that would be great for her because she could be able to thrive and do some things in the entertainment world. And so could he. Um, You know, you got Good Morning America out there. You got... You know, CBS this morning and the Nick Cannon show and all these other talk shows out there that you can do the talk show circuit it's tonight, uh, the the late show and all these other places tonight show. But on the football field, what is that going to really produce? And do you want to really hurt your legacy by being on a, a, a cellar dweller of a team like the New York Giants? Who would look like absolute crap, not a good way to go out. Not at all. Not at all. So I'm on point with that. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Clay Thompson. After over 900 days of not playing basketball, Clay Thompson returned to the basketball court to a standing ovation. Much deserved. 
much respected. Whether you like Clay Thompson or not, you still got to respect the man in his game. And the man even had a dunk in that game against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home at the Chase Center uh, up in the Bay Area. It was good to see Clay Thompson. We've been at, we've been, they've been advertising Clay Thompson like he was a movie that we were never going to see come ever come out. They've been talking about Clay Thompson coming back. He's going, is he going to come back this year? Nope. Okay. He's coming back this year. Okay. Well, when is he coming back this year? Okay. He's going to come back this month. No, he's going to come back this month. No, he's going to come back this month. So they finally put a date on it. And then that's when you knew that the real deal was about to happen. And Clay Thompson, congratulations on coming back from your injury. Hopefully you stay healthy. Um, I think the Warriors are the team to beat in the NBA. I know I don't talk much NBA on this on this show as of late, but between watching them battle the Suns without Klay Thompson, I mean, the Warriors, man, they got a squad. And what the hell has gotten into Andrew Wiggins? I did not see Andrew Wiggins developing into, in, into this type of player. I really didn't. Like, I honestly did not see that. I was sleeping because I did not see Andrew Wiggins becoming this type of player for this Golden State Warriors franchise. I mean, the Warriors are deep. They are deep out here in these basketball streets. And if they stay healthy, I don't see a team in the league that can beat them for a championship. As long as you got Steph and Clay and James Wiseman, and, Dr- and Draymond Money Green, Andrew Wiggins, and them guys, man, sky is the limit and beyond. And I'm not gassing you up. I'm just telling you what I've seen and what I see. No disrespect to the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns will be a hell of a series in the Western Conference Finals for six for six against seven games, possibly. I love to see Chris Paul ball out him and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And I'm really pulling for DeAndre Ayton because I really feel like they should have gave him a contract extension in Phoenix. And whoever decides to get DeAndre Ayton, if he doesn't stay in Phoenix, good luck because you're getting a gym. That boy is the business. That boy is the business. And he's he's playing for a contract and he's acting like it too. That's a that's a bad dude right there. That is a bad dude. And by the way, I could not, I would not be remiss if I didn't talk about Ja Morant and that whirlwind of a block. <laughs> slash rebound against the LA Lakers the other night. What the hell was that? that? I didn't even think that was real. I thought somebody went on TikTok or went on Instagram and, and edited a certain particular way and then made it look so cool where everybody was like in awe, including myself. Then I saw it in real time. I was like, this dude is not human. I told you, John Morant is the truth. This boy is a beast. He is young and that's why I told y'all I called him a young Kobe. Not because I said he's he is Kobe Bryant or he's better than Kobe Bryant. I'm talking about the mentality, the the fearlessness, the ability to, to, to bend the universe in his direction. That's that Mamba mentality. That's that, that young Kobe fierceness. That's what I see in John Morant. And John Morant's gonna be a reason. If, if John Morant is with, along with the other young guns, like the, the, the Trey Youngs of the world and, and the Lucas and, you know, uh, you know, Ant-Man, you know, LaMelo Balls of the world. Trust me, the league is going to be in some great hands. 
the league is going to be in great hands. And it is, John Moran is fun to watch. He is absolutely top-notch, top-selling, champagne, caviar, and water-bound wishes. That's what John Moran is. John Moran is the truth. But again, congratulations to Clay Thompson on making his return. I'm so happy to see him. I'm actually excited about watching basketball again. And damn it, I can't wait for the second half of the season, for the NBA season, after the All-Star break, because that's when things really get cooking. And speaking of getting cooking, I'm going to get on up out of here because my time has come and gone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all for free 99. Make sure you hit me up on nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, community, tech, and all things to be in the know. Also, make sure you subscribe to me at youtube.com slash TV. That's youtube.com slash TV. Also, I'd like to thank everybody over at Nightcast Media, everybody at SiriusXM and Slam Radio 145 for the opportunity. Appreciate everybody checking in. And please send up, send one up for my producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner, a.k.a. Big Brother Jake. He's uh, battling uh, some symptoms this week, but he should be back next week. So thank you so much. Until next time, stay sharp. Take care of yourself. Please be safe out there. And uh, we'll catch you when I catch you. Later on. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.